Big Republic podcast with your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. In this episode, we discuss the fallout from State of Origin 1, the huge Las Vegas 2024 NRL showcase, and much, much more. Join us as we build the Rugby League community for all. The Rugby League Republic podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 273 of the Rugby League Republic podcast, where we aim to bring you the everyday fans' perspective on the greatest game of all, Rugby League. This is Rugby League for the people. I'm your co-host, Dr. T. Joining me is Tish. Tish, the fallout from State of Origin Game 1 continues. We will get right into it soon, but how are you this week? Dr. T, I am well, and yes, you are right. The fallout has been massive. Massive. We already have one casualty. Koshi has retired. Oh, it's just, oh no. This is uh, yeah. this is huge news. There we huge go. News. There we go. To be replaced yeah. by uh, Adam Reynolds, I hear. Is that right? Or who's, <laughs> yeah. who's his replacement? Cody Walker is in the fra- in the frame. What's going on? Yeah, not not sure, not sure. But look, yeah, it was uh, look, uh, yeah. Th- this is what happens when New South Wales. Uh, uh, lose right, like you know, we we're making massive changes. You know, like everybody's doing this. Um, there, there's probably somebody out there who's posted a new team of like a complete brand new seventeen, right? Got got <laughs> rid of them all, right? <laughs> you know, crossed them all out. Uh, but look, yeah, look, it's been great. And I think a, a great round of rugby league uh, this week as well. There were some uh, really tight games. I know, um, you know, in the NRL, and yeah, a lot of t- a lot of things to talk about. Uh, this week, yeah, so it's been really good. How about, how about yourself, Dr. T? How's things on your end? Yeah, well, look, like most uh, Eels fans and players, I, uh, you know, we had a buy, so really didn't get up to much. Uh, you know, stayed out of trouble, Eels. Uh, that's that's what we tend to do. But look, no, we're not going to talk about the Eels. Uh, there, there's enough of that in the media. <laughs> let's let's move on. But but look, there is uh, plenty of other positives to talk about in rugby league, and we are going to talk about the one of the big ones that's been talked about recently, which is this Las Vegas showcase uh, that that they're planning next year. It's just getting bigger and bigger. So first, we thought it was just South v Manly, <laughs> and uh, you know Rusty versus uh, Hugh Jackman kind of thing. But no. Uh, PVL decided we we've got it. We can be more ambitious than that. Let's spend millions more on promoting the game uh, in for a one-off event. Uh, surely that will be seen as a good spending of money uh, by a lot of people. Who uh, obviously there's been a huge backlash. People wanting it to be spent on the grassroots. But look, we're going to get into that later. There's a lot to get into. Shall we just get right into the review of round 14? Tackle number one, shall we? Let's go. All right. <laughs> a slightly <Okay>. reduced... <laughs> You're right there? Can we... Can we... Yeah, right, right, right. We, yeah, sorry about that. Are we all right to continue? All right. Yes. It's, all, it's all happening. Look, it, it all started with uh, the Friday night game. 
you know, an, a non-eventful, uneventful affair. The Raiders <laughs> 20 to 19 over the Tigers, uh, you know, at Campbelltown Sports Stadium. No, I kid you, it was it was unbelievable. It was 18-0 with about 10 minutes to go. And then uh, Cam, one of the Canberra players, I forget who it was, got simbined. And then all of a sudden, the Tigers uh, found a, uh, a new lease of life and, uh, and, and, and not only caught up to be 18 all, but then uh, I think it was a, was it a Luke Brooks field goal? It was. Put, it them, was. put them ahead 19-18, miraculously, with about two minutes left. So three tries in the space of like five minutes or so. Unbelievable. And then they go and throw it all away with an Isaiah Papali'i, uh, you know, lunge for a uh, the Canberra halfback trying to score a field goal. He missed the field goal, but then in doing so, Isaiah tried to uh, block and fell and clipped the bottom of his legs. And uh, look, people can argue all they like online. Tish, you may want to argue against me, but that is a penalty every day of the week. Uh, you cannot make contact accidental or otherwise with a kicker's feet and that uh you know completely blew away the the good work that they had done in the previous few minutes and then they scored a penalty goal obviously and ended up winning 20 points to 19 so they were furious they were fuming the tigers fans but unfortunately uh for my mind look i'm not even reviewing the other games i think this was the game of the <laughs> It was yeah. – I, I could not believe it. It was unbelievable the way the Tigers fought back. Um, having said that, you know, they really only played good footy for about six minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if you really want to argue that they deserved a victory based on those six minutes of three tries, I think I think that was that's a pretty uh, difficult thing to argue. But, look, it was an entertaining game and just goes to show you once again – how rugby league can be extremely entertaining as a sport, and the NRL in particular. Uh, but let, let me pause there. Tish, what was your thoughts on the Tigers and the Raiders? Yeah, look, I thought it was a sensational game uh, at times. So I thought it was, uh, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, to see how it went, it was, it was definitely bizarre, right? Like, obviously, with the Tigers, uh, they just, uh, yeah, uh, they uh, look. Put it this way: uh, for most of the game, they had lots of field position. They seemed to be dominating quite a lot of things, but they just couldn't score. They couldn't get the last pass on. And then I don't know. As soon as you take one player off the field, all of a sudden they're able to score tries. The commentary was saying, you know, hey guys, you you know, you're not going to score in these conditions by running the ball. Um, but they were like scoring tries, running the ball. Um, I think they only scored one try off a kick, and then the the field goal, and uh, yeah, and then the penalty. Uh, was it was it not a penalty? Look, I think uh, it was. Look, it was definitely a penalty if from a technical point of view. Um, but you could also see it as a very harsh um, penalty at the same time, right? So I think um, I think that's kind of where where that one's at um, for the moment. So. Look, I think, but look, I think, uh, I think overall the Tigers they seem to be improving, right? So, um, which is good on them. So hopefully uh, they could continue to do that uh, throughout the whole season. And uh, look, Canberra they're back on their winning ways a little bit, um, and looking shaping up to be a a contender. Uh, I think they're definitely going to make the top eight, but I think they're also uh, probably uh, looking like a team that could sort of upset anybody as well, which is. 
which is kind of exciting as well, I, I must admit. Yeah, look, if there's any team that's going to fly under the radar, it's the Raiders. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's my pun of the day. Um, look, <laughs> let's move on. The Warriors, 30 points to eight, drubbing of the Dolphins in front of a massive 23,000 or so fans at Go Media Stadium. Of course, in that lovely town in New Zealand called Go Media. Um, I don't know where that is, but anyway, that was a Saturday game. Uh, that was an excellent performance. It was a close game until the Warriors ran away with it. Uh, a very high score in a fair. Rabbitohs 46 to 28 over the Gold Coast Titans at Seabus Super Stadium in front of uh, about 18,000, 19,000 fans there. The big blockbuster match of the round Broncos v Sharks saw the Broncos winning 20 to 12 at Points Bet Stadium in front of. Uh, not so big 12,000 fans. Um, Roosters 25-24 over the uh, Bulldogs at Industry Group Stadium uh, in uh, front of about 18,000 or so fans. The Cowboys, huge upset, 45-20 to over the Melbourne Storm at home at Queensland Country Bank Stadium in front of 18,000 or so fans. Um, massive upset, upset for, you know, the Storm to concede that many points. Just absolutely unbelievable. And finally, the Panthers, 26-18 over the St. George Illawarra Dragons at Blue Bet Stadium in front of a healthy 16,000, 17,000 fans. Unfortunately, the cost is Cleary is now injured. He picked up mm. an injury, and uh, we are going to talk about the fallout there as well. But... Um, but yeah, Tish, any other games that you want to comment on this round? Well, I think the only one is that result for Melbourne getting thrashed against the Cowboys. Mm. The Cowboys uh, were thrashed not that long ago by the Tigers, right? Um, who probably are now going to get thrashed by the Storm, right? You know, if... Uh, if, <laughs> if Logic will if tell the, you that, yeah. If the circle of life will continue. But yeah, yeah a really surprising result, I, I think. So, um, and that's interesting about the Storm, right? You know, they... Uh, you know, obviously they haven't, uh, they didn't play last year's grand final, I don't think. No, they didn't, no, yep. And uh, the year before, <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of didn't make it to grand final either. And then, yeah, the year before that, they actually won the grand final. So, um, kind of over the last few years, kind of slowly uh, petering back, and it looks like more and more now, right? Like, um, I think that's, uh, they're kind of like uh, where the Roosters were last year, you know, and the Roosters are sort of, I mean, I know they beat the Bulldogs by one point, but they never haven't had the best season as well. So very interesting to see. And I know we're going to talk about uh, a few of these things later on the show. But yeah, but overall, uh, you know, like state of origin uh, season, all these games kind of get like forgotten about a little bit. But I think um, some, some really exciting games over the weekend and big crowds as well, which is really good to see. Yeah, absolutely. All right, look, we've got a lot to talk about. So let's dive into tackle number two. Here we go. So as I mentioned, the New South Wales Origin Blues are singing the blues because, uh, you know, not only did they go down in game one and were quite disappointing in many respects, but they've now got a bit of a dilemma because, um, you know, Cleary has uh, picked up an injury 
in the game against the Dragons, and I think he's going to be sidelined for about six weeks. What this means is that there are a lot of questions about what we're going to do at the number six and seven for the Blues. Um, there has been talk that uh, – well, let me go through the, the various um, uh, points that I've seen put forward online by, by fans uh, of the game. Uh, you know, number one, now that Cleary isn't there, Luai doesn't need to be there. Luai is nothing without Cleary. That's one point <laughs> that people make. Um, you know, point number two is, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, Hines can go straight in. You know, he was number 14. Uh, he he's, was a Dalian player of the year. Um, there's no reason now not to put him in. Number, so that's one. Uh, another point is uh, Hines shouldn't be there. He was a turnstile when he was on the field for those few minutes in State of Origin. Uh, this is a mistake. We need to completely rethink things. That's that. And then the other point of view is, um, you know, the whole point of Luai being there was, uh, you know, the Cleary combination at Penrith. And so now that Cleary isn't there, then maybe we should rethink it and bring in another club combination. And oddly enough, what people are going for is a combination that isn't in existence anymore because one of the players was playing for Brisbane. So people are saying, mm. bring back Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds, who used to play for the Rabbitohs, um, even though that's not been the case <laughs> anymore. That you know, uh, And the other thing is Adam Reynolds hasn't been in State of Origin Arena for over seven years. So, you know, is it a risk to bring him back? He wasn't necessarily setting the world on fire in, at State of Origin level, which is why he was replaced. Um, so a lot of question marks there, and that's just for the halfback situation. We've also got a situation where a lot of people have been calling for uh, James Sadesco to be sacked <laughs> based on his performance. And, and, you know, quite rightly, there were lots of good reasons for that. Um, but, you know, is it a smart thing to do that to your captain? Is it, is it what, what happened to loyalty? All that kind of thing. So there's a lot happening. Latrell Mitchell, is he coming back? Are we going to bring the club combos there? Are we going to bring Campbell Graham as a result? You know, what about Katoni Staggs? And what about other Alex Johnson's playing well? You know, there's a lot of things. The Blues are really at sixes and sevens, to be quite honest. Mm. Uh, no pun yeah. intended. Because they we, we almost have too many choices and none of them are clear-cut. So we have a huge problem uh, in selecting our next team. Well, Freddie Fittler does because his whole career is on the line as a state of origin coach. If he chooses poorly and we lose the series, I, I dare say, uh, well, they'll probably let him see out the series, but he would he would definitely be gone next year. Tish, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, it is very, very interesting what Freddie is going to do. And you got to remember, game two must win uh, to keep the series alive. And it is at Suncorp. So very, very difficult place for New South Wales to win. I can't remember the last time they won there. Uh, it probably wasn't that long ago, but uh, it feels like it's always uh, you know, really, really difficult. So what do we do, right? So, um, all right. So what, what I think is Cleary, what, what, is, what are we going to miss from Cleary? I think the main thing is his organization, right? He is a uh, he is a very vocal player on the field. You could see him sort of uh, directing players to be here, be there, that type of thing. So you need somebody who's a, who's a great organizer and somebody with a great kicking game, right? I think those are the two attributes that you're missing. Now, the other half that they had, uh, Nico Hines, 
look, I, I don't know if he was a turnstile or not. I really couldn't. I, I don't think he had that much uh, to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, dur- during during the time that he was on the field, so I, I really can't can't say that. And he's playing out of position too, which I don't think is uh is always the best, right? So I'm I'm just gonna ignore that for the time being. <laughs> so I would say that uh, okay. So with the halfbacks that we've sort of gone for, um, well, you've I don't know if Adam Reynolds has played State of Origin before, but I always felt that um mm. he yeah yeah yes. yeah, and he has one of the best kicking games. Uh, in the league, if not the best, right? And the only other halfback I could see that will have that similar sort of um, kicking game is probably Mitchell Moses, because I think Mitchell Moses has got a very big kicking game too, right? Um, and I think he can be sort of the main kicker as well. So I think between them two, then you've got to go for, well, who's going to be able to organise the team a lot better? I think it is Reynolds, right? Because I think Reynolds is better organised than Moses. Um, but then I think Moses has got an X factor, which probably Reynolds uh, would say would 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 uh, would be sort of there, right? So that's kind of I think where I would probably lean towards Reynolds in that department. And, and then you go, okay, well if it's Reynolds, then who should be his halves partner? And you could just sort of stick with Luai, but they've never played before. So that's when people are talking about Cody Walker because Latrell might be a chance. Um, but I don't. I think that's just like that's ripping the guts out of the team, right? <laughs> if you do it yeah. like that. Yeah. So, so then if you want to play for combinations, obviously Luai's combination is out. Uh, then you've got okay. Well, you've got the Coruscant combination, right? Which is Luke Brooks, which I, I think he's nowhere near, right? So I don't think that's even an option. Uh, then you go to now. This is interesting. Tedesco, right? And he's kind of the forgotten man of origin, but he was kind of a contender before, but nobody's ever thought about him. Luke Carey, if you want to go for the Roosters combination, right? But I don't think Carey is the organizing half as well. So I think that is out for me. So I really, I just feel like it just should be Reynolds slotting in there. I think Nico Hines could have a more significant role off the bench and you may want to even... um, include him a little bit more earlier. So uh, because maybe he provides the X that you may not get with Reynolds, but then the two of them sort of working together could could end up being um, formidable um, sort of opportunity. And you've got to remember that Adam Reynolds, his team is the Brisbane Broncos. He plays at Suncorp. Um, so he's really going to be familiar with, uh, you know, the stadium, uh, you know, if, 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 if that is uh, an advantage. So my pick would be Adam Reynolds, but um, but yeah, it could go anyway. You know, like you said, that we're, we're, we're spoiled for choice, but I also feel like we're not. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. What are the barriers? I didn't, say there were, I didn't say there were good choices. I did say we don't have a clear-cut answer for any of these things. There's, mm. problems, there's problems everywhere. You mentioned Coruscant. Cook has been playing, you know, equal equally, if not better, than Coruscant, and some might say yes. that you know we really desperately needed Cook, you know, at yeah. State of Origin one. So yeah, but do, but do you think Coruscant had a bad game? I think he was probably one of New South Wales' best, right? Like the lead, the yeah. Down, yeah. Well, I guess I mean, look, yeah, exactly. Look, I think in in many ways this could actually solve a problem, which was we we probably could use someone like a Coruscant there all the time, and I think if Cook comes in to the bench 
you can keep Corusa where he is, but Cook Cook also has a, a, an ability to make an impact. Um, and Hines, in my mind, Hines should just go straight into number seven. I mean, he was kind of like the understudy there, and uh, and because of that, and daily and player of the year. I mean, he's he's in form, and you know, despite the fact that Cronulla got beaten by the the Broncos on the weekend, they didn't get beaten by much. It was only eight points, and. You know, if you look at some of the highlights and, and the way they played, I think Hines did actually, he set up a good Talakai try. You know, he's still got the ability to sort of find gaps in the defence. Obviously, yeah. Origin is a different beast, and so you can never really know. Um, in answer to your question from before, Reynolds did play. He only actually played uh, one series, which is in 2016. He played the first game. He played the second game in which they lost, and then... He was injured for the third game and was replaced by Matt Moylan. I think we lost that series. So, um, so yeah, I think uh, – let me let me just check if we actually did lose that series. Uh, no, actually, my mistake, we had we had lost – the first two games with Adam Reynolds there, we lost. Uh, so, so, there you go. There goes my theory. And in the last game, we actually won 18-14. But that was a dead rubber. So, look, really um, – you know, not like that was ages ago, though. That was, mm. you know, that was at a time when, uh, you know, we still had, you know, that Robbie Farrar was a hooker in that series. Paul Gallen was a captain. Yeah. You know, this, that was how long ago it was. It was a whole generation ago, and we've yeah. completely changed the, the players since then. And look, in, in um, the era where you can't blame the halfback, you could just blame people getting in the way of the halfback, right? <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. And and look, it was also James Maloney was there as well. So, you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, we look, we identified the main problem the Blues had, which was um, uh, there was a lack of encouragement for their for their for their uh, you know, their 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 backline to get involved in the game, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I that the, the back the, the backline wasn't serviced as well as it should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And there was um. There wasn't really a game plan to get them to sort of uh, start lurking around the middle where they were making all their gaps, right? It was just like, uh, leave it to the halves type thing. So the question is, are they going to get better distribution with Cleary, with Hines, Haynes, what's his name? I don't know. And then... Um, Hines. Uh, <laughs> Hines Nico and Luai. Oh, yeah. Nico, I, Hines yeah. and Luai, yeah. Who's, who's going to service the backs the best is the question. Well, I think the argument is with Luai on one side, Hines could take the other side and, you know, whereas Cleary really didn't do much in game one and so really they were mm. limited in their options uh, and for yeah. that reason we did say that, you know, it seemed like they were going down, down one side all the time and as soon as it went down the other side, I mean, then you had Teddy completely ruining every backline movement anyway. Especially the ones that went went to the right, um, you know, got yeah, to Frizzell yeah, and then nothing right. happened. Yeah. So, do you think we should uh, replace Teddy with Hines? Because no, he's. Look, I think I think James Tedesco has earned the right uh, to kind of have another go and have another shot. I mm. think I think he's uh, he 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 still has a lot to offer. And he should still be included. I don't think he should be sacked, but he should be given. He should be. Uh, look, <laughs> I think it's fair to say he needs a bit of coaching from Fred Fiddler, Freddie Fiddler, about what to do and what not to do. I think he just needs to pull his head in 
and not, uh, you know, like we've talked about this in the past that I, th I think the, the, the decade of Queensland dominance could have changed, could have been altered if someone had gotten into Paul Gallon's ear and sort of said, stop trying to do everything. Stop trying to take three out of the six tackles as hit-ups that go nowhere. Like you're completely nullifying our attack. You're not mm. allowing us to do our thing. And that's kind of what Teddy did. He did the same thing. He tried too hard. He tried too hard to do everything. And quite frankly, he had a completely off night in attack and defense, and it showed. And uh, because he was a captain, I guess no one really wanted to usurp his authority. But I can tell you, if someone else was captain, they would have pulled him into line right away. And that's part of the problem with, uh, with, with you know, if your captain is having a bad day and no one mm. has, you know, maybe it's a culture thing. Maybe it's a culture thing within New South Wales uh, is that no one feels like they can uh, get in there and say something. I mean, look, mm. Daily Cherry Evans was a captain. He's a bit of a totalitarian leader, you know. He's He started off as, you know, the likable guy and now he's, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's King Teddy and his regime, right? You know, like, uh, uh, you know, getting everybody to wake up early, uh, you know, uh, only, only he's only pasta being served for uh, catering. Like, is is this what's happening? Is that what you're saying? Like, he's uh, he's drunk with power there, Teddy. You know, it's uh, is that what is that what's happening? He's become Caesar Tedesco. Look, even even at the dinner table at the the regal dinner table, uh, James Tedesco. Like, the minute you pass the cheese to him, he's never going to pass it back. Uh, that's that's the problem. <laughs> No one likes passing him the cheese. Uh, you know, you, you want to make yeah. sure James Sadesco gets it last because you know that once the, the plate goes in his direction, it's never coming back. So, uh, look, that's... Is that why James, Is that why they're wearing royal blue instead of the traditional uh, <laughs> sky right. blue, right? Has he, has, he, has he taken over and said, no, this jersey is no good for, the, for Cesar Tedesco? It it could be maybe it's a sign. Maybe instead of the blues, they should just get into the royal purple, uh, <laughs> purple color <laughs> for game they, two. They kind of reminded me of the Melbourne Storm. I thought it was um, it did a little bit Queensland, right? Like it was uh, it was weird. I didn't even like. Yeah, yeah. The jersey was so ugly. I didn't want to cheer for it. Like uh, you know, like uh, the maroon was a lot more pleasing to the eye. That's right. That's right. But um. But yeah. Look. Uh, look. Okay. Let's wrap this up because I okay. think sorry. The yeah. the the Blues uh, uh have a lot to think about, and I think yeah. I think it all boils down to Freddie Fittler. What game plan is he going to go for? Is he going to go for this? Uh, and I guess I guess the 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 last my last kind of comment about this is maybe we need to rethink uh, as Blues fans. Uh, you know what what it is, what it means to be uh, an, an origin player, what it means to, to play origin. Is it, is it that, um, you know, this thing about club combinations is like, it's like a myth that has been perpetra perpetrated by the likes of, you know, well, ex Panthers and Roosters <laughs> players and coaches um, to suggest that this is why we need to pick, you know, the winning Panthers combinations is going to deliver us state of origin glory. And we're going to have a dynasty. Remember when we, we uh, flogged them a few years ago and, and we thought this is it, we're going to have another decade of dominance and where has it gone? Nowhere. Um, I don't know why. Is it because the Panthers 
myth and and the club combination myth is really a myth and uh and needs to be treated as such or is it that we've you know some of our players are just overhyped is it that we're not playing as a team there's many reasons why and i think in my mind um what you want is to motivate the players that that let themselves down in game one need to be given an opportunity for redemption in game two and the the what the minimum you can do to do that is is to just get Hines to go straight into number seven um you know he is a daily end player current daily end player and halfback of the year so it's not like as if you're picking uh you know, someone who's who's not really been performing at that level, um, he's ready to take the next step. So you need to give him the reins, give him the keys to the car, get the keys to the Ferrari and say, off you go, win us game two. And he and Luai need to do it. And I think, you know, if you've seen the way the Sharks have been playing this year and last year, I think Nico Hines can do it. Um, you know, we don't have really many other options. I don't need, I don't know if Reynolds is an option. He hasn't necessarily proven himself, um, you know, since, uh, since that time that he, he donned the blue Jersey in 2016, he hasn't really had the opportunity to prove that, that he could take, uh, you know, part of the reason why he left the, the Rabbitohs is I think there was a lot of thought that he couldn't really take them to that next level and win them the premiership. And, and so I guess that's, um, that's where we're at. I think the Blues, Freddie, got a lot to think about. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, th- I think I'll leave it right there. Let's dive into tackle number three, Las Vegas. Here we go. So we have spoken before about the NRL's plan to break into the US market by having a big Las Vegas weekend uh, with uh, two games being played. Uh, That was the initial announcement. And now there has been a massive expansion in what this, uh, this little trip was going to look like. Instead of the two games, we they are now talking about ten games being played uh, in what they call in Australia Week in Vegas, and not only that, they're thinking of bringing Irish supergroup U2 to help promote the game in America. Um, they, uh, yeah, so Peter Volandis is saying that they're in the final stages of formalizing that deal to kick off the 2024 season at Vegas's Allegiant Stadium. Tish, what do you think about this becoming a big round one extravaganza? Is it a waste of money? Is U2 the right band to get the promotion? Look, and let's just say, I have to say a bit of a shout out and a commemoration. We forgot to do this, uh, but Tina Turner, uh, the famous... Mm. Um, you know, the famous singer that really, I would say that the, probably one of the best sporting campaigns, not just NRL media campaigns of all time, advertising campaigns with the, the Simply the Best campaign in the, the late 80s, early 90s. I think Tina Turner, uh, you know, rest in peace. She passed away last week. I think she was 83 years old. Um, there's been lots of, um, you know, lots of uh, commemorative videos and, and things and, and tributes to her. Um, and we pay our tributes to her her family, of course. But in that 
frame, in that uh, paradigm of us trying to be promoting ourselves in, in America, you know, you look at the genius that brought together Tina Turner and Rugby League back in the late 80s, early 90s, um, you know, are we making are we making a genius move by bringing aging rockers you two uh, to you know to to help us promote the game? Um, so that's a question. One question I have is you know let let's start with that one. What do you think about the who we need to bring to promote in terms of music? Is you two the right angle we should be going for? Is there someone else that you think we should be going for? Yeah. Well, look. Uh, the truth is, I don't know too much about U2's... Well, U2 are, are a global band that have global popularity, right? Uh, despite their uh, age. And I suppose their audience is ageing as well, right? Um, but I don't know what they pull like in... I don't know how big of a draw they are in Vegas. I don't think they are that huge, right? Uh, in Vegas. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't heard like, you know, like Vegas is going nuts for uh for you know you too right do you know what i mean um because really i think whichever musical act that you got to get there you've got to get somebody that will actually can pull an audience um uh you know in vegas right so so and i think that i, th I think they need to sort of think about that well who you know who's a who's an act that is associated with vegas right you know who who's a you know who's somebody that could draw a crowd uh, in the you know in in the city of sin, Las Vegas, right? So, you know, Vegas acts. All I can think of is Torval and Dean. Is that is really that, that's all you can think of? That those mag those magicians, right? Is that is that who they are? Wait, wait, I'm, uh, Vegas uh, magician. Okay, <laughs> are you talking about the ice skating duo Torval and Dean? Okay, are no, you, no, not them. Not, the, not them. I I'm thought, talking I thought, about um, and Teller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, are you, are you talking about those that big I'm bloke and the, yeah, the, the the one that had the lion, right? Like, uh, uh who are they oh no, please there? let's not talk about that. One of them died anyway. Oh, okay, Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried right. and Roy, no, please let's not. <laughs> okay. Oh God, where where are you going Hale with this? Tish? You're going okay. you're going off script there, Tish. Okay, well you know what, like you know, like we've got to go for a bit, like Conway, where's Fifty Cent, somebody like that, right? Who like. People in Vegas would be so excited to go see them, you know that type of thing. You know, it's probably <laughs> it's probably what I go for, and I don't think you two quite hits the mark there. Um, the other thing, I'm kind of uh, just on the whole Vegas thing, right? I thought it was pretty exciting. Uh, you know, USA game in the USA, doubleheader USA. It sounds good, and um, you know, I thought that was 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 super exciting as well. Like you know how how they're sort of mentioning that USA, USA, and then we've chosen Vegas. But then I've just noticed the narrative has sort of changed a bit. You know, we've gone from two games to 10 games, and I'm thinking, how do you, we play 10 games, right, um, uh, when we've only got uh, 18 teams, right? Or, no, sorry, 17 teams. No, yeah, right? So so there's obviously two extra games that we have to pull out of nowhere, right? Then I'm also thinking that... Instead of talking about the US, it's always about Vegas now. It's Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. And I just saw a photo of PVL, and I'm just wondering if uh, if it's just uh, an excuse for uh, to support some sort of gambling addiction. Oh, there. Oh, let's let's uh, not go there. <laughs> okay. Do you, 
That that's a well, you know. Oh, look, I've seen that online as well. Let's be fair. <laughs> like that's <laughs> oh, you're yeah, not yeah. the only one drawing that conclusion. Um, look, we 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 don't know for sure. Um, mm. But but look, I don't think. So you know, I don't think if look if PVL wanted to stay an extra week, uh, he doesn't he doesn't need to create and concoct a whole round of Australia Australian mm. games there. If he could just stay an extra week and gamble his life away, but no, I think the um, I I think there's more to it than that. I think they realise that the more they've gone into it, there's probably been a lot of enthusiasm, mm. and they've thought, geez, well maybe we should not limit who's going maybe we should have uh and look to be honest yeah uh look i you know i'm no mathematician but i also thought 10 games is more than one round of rugby league in the nrl um yeah. is it they did say a uh it's part of a five-year plan for a total of 10 premiership games in the city so i don't think oh, it's going to be 10 games in one week i think what they want is to have a couple of games but to spread spread it out uh, it's like a, a double header but there's going to be parties and all sorts of other things i think there still will only be two games but potentially maybe potentially one or two more i don't know but that that sounds like they're thinking that this will be a long-term thing that it just won't be a one-off i think that's mm. a good idea i think what you want to see is because if you have one-off success and that leads nowhere that's nothing but if you have it happen two three years in a row you can start to build something from that and then think, okay, we've we've had two, three years of sellout, you know, stadiums here for uh, an, a game that no one really knows. But after the third year, people are starting to ask more questions and maybe they're, they're, they're recognising Wayne Bennett now in the street. You know, maybe they're recognising, uh, you know, whoever, um, Latrell Mitchell or whatever. So there, maybe there's a an argument to be made there that you you the way you do it is to have a, a kind of a multiple year kind of arrangement and i think that's what they're doing but look um yeah i look if i get back to the you're going to make this an australia promotion australia week things what it is valanders is saying uh why pick you two as your as your band like you could have actually gone mm. if you're going to do that if you're going to think about which kind of band would would possibly uh you know make uh make waves and and promote the game there in uh in in america um and has some good music has a good back catalog of music brings the attention why not go for a, a band like in excess i mean in excess had good band uh, you know i know that michael hudgens isn't around anymore but um you know in excess i think is still going as a band or at least you know, every now and again they get together and, and you know, they're still performing and, and I think often they're touring, uh, obviously with a different frontman. But, um, look, they've got a great back catalogue that, that they could draw on to mm. uh, to bring, you know, connect the dots, connect, you know, make a new campaign based on that. And, again, the difference is it's an Australian band. They've had success in the past. People know who they are. Uh, and and those who have some nostalgia for the '90s will remember them, uh, and remember that they were one of the the big Aussie bands that broke into the American market. Um, I don't see too many others that you know. I don't think a Keith Urban led, uh, you know, ad campaign is really going to do it. I don't think anyone in Australia really knows many Keith Urban songs, whereas everyone knew about Simply the Best when it came out. 
everyone knew it was perfectly tailor made for rugby league, and and it was at Tina Turner's height in the late eighties and nineties. So look, mm. you know, in the absence of someone who's an up and coming, you know, current Australian, you know, band that's uh, that's that's doing something, um, you know, you know, who are you going to put, Kid Leroy? I mean, that's not going to. Who mm. knows? I mean, I don't think that's going to work. So um, no, maybe you could do a Kid Leroy and Latrell Mitchell combo and call it Kid Latrell. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, there's surely there's some marketer there that know in the NRL that could try something different and be, be you know, take the risk. But you two, I don't think so. And I love you two. I've seen them twice. It's just I just don't think they're the right fit. But um, anyway, what do you think about that? I'm still sticking with the band thing as, as an issue because yeah. it's, it's irritating me a little bit. But anyway, what do you think? But, well, look, uh, what I think is that, uh, yeah, whichever band that you, you get in there, yeah, it needs to be a modern band that uh, really has a uh, has a uh, sort of a teenage, well, can, can really get the kids in, I'd say. Like, you know, got to get the younger generation following it, right? Because rugby league, needs uh, a young presence that sort of slowly builds into like pop culture over there and you need somebody who's a pop who's a current pop culture trending icon right so don't know who the right fit is but i think if you're going to play the first few games there um then you're going to have a musical act i think and just thinking about how everything worked for tina turner right um then i think next year's nrl theme song has to come from the same act you get what I mean? Mm, um, yeah. And then so it, it, it associates the, uh, you know, that artist to the sport. Um, you would even try and do, uh, you'd even try and do the the musical act, like the, the uh, what's, what's that thing? The, um, you know, the music video. So like, you know, like mm. MTV and, and TikTok and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it's, it's showing rugby league highlights, playing that song. It's just, but, you know, that association, right? I think it's, it's it's you do it and then like you know obviously you have that campaign to it and everything like that and then you do it and and look I think the uh, magic round you know when I thought ten games I thought wow they're gonna do a magic round round one how exciting you know that's a reason to go to Vegas and so it starts to promote tourism and it becomes a festival and all that kind of stuff um, but the double header is that really that exciting I, I'm not a hundred percent sure but I, but I, but I think it. I think that it is great they're thinking outside the box, you know, without mm. without um and, and it is it is good and I, and it's good that they're thinking long term too. Um uh, but I think you're right, Dr. T picking the right band or right musical act with it, I think is such a critical part. It's something that I think uh sometimes the NRL Australian rugby league, you know, we sort of don't get right. You know, we sort of we think about the game, we think about the, you know, and then we think about the musical act is just an add-on. We don't think about the total experience, right? Um, and I think that's what we need to do in this sort of scenario, right? We've got to think about the whole experience end-to-end and how we could make it like a big, like, event rather than just a handful of games in uh, one of the famous cities in the world. Uh, and. And guess what? We've got, you know, a, a well-renowned band. I, I think it's got to be more than just, you know, that. I think it's got to be like uh, one weekend that tells a story. And I think that would be what I'd aim for. I don't know what that is, but, yeah, but but look, um, you know, we're talking about it halfway through this uh, season. So we've got a bit of time to try and organise it properly, right? Yeah, that's right. Speaking of halfway, we are halfway there. We're living on a prayer. 
It is the halfway of the NRL season. Time to do a bit of a review. Let's move on to tackle number four. Here we go. All right, tackle number four. We are halfway through the NRL season this year, and usually it is a good time to take a step back and look at what's been happening, look at the uh, the ladder, have a bit of a discussion. But look, we thought, given that we're halfway there, uh, this is a, a chance for Bon Jovi to review the NRL ladder. Bon Jovi in the form of Chad GPT. <laughs> Chad, we've, we've had a chance to t- talk to Chad, I believe. Chad, what is your um, what is your lyrical review of the NRL ladder so far this season? Okay, well, look, I uh, just bear with me one moment, the doctor, because I try to figure out where he's gone. Right, so <laughs> <laughs> so we play his theme, and and where's it gone? I'm not 100 percent uh, sure. Where, well, where, what have I done here? Sort of thing. Um, so let's just see. Okay, it's not there. So, oh, um, maybe I, yeah, do I need to do it? No, I don't need to do that. So, um, maybe well, why, why don't we, why don't we come back to this? Yeah. Okay. This? Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so let's, let's have a look at the ladder for the, uh, the NRL so far this season. I had it right here and now I've lost it. Here we go. Here we go. Hang on. <laughs> oh, it's all happening. A technical it's issues there with Chad GPT. Look, um, all right, let's dive into looking at the ladder. At round, after round 13, no, 14, we have seen uh, some interesting things come to play. So I'll just quickly look at what, what the ladder's up to. And uh, we'll, we'll give our views about what we think is going to happen for the rest of the season. The reigning premiers, the Panthers, are on top of the ladder on 20 points, equal with the Brisbane Broncos, who have been a bit of a surprise packet, I must say. Um, third and fourth, uh, the well, actually, there's four teams on equal third with 18 points. Um, the Rabbitohs, the Sharks, the Storm, and the Raiders. And then we've got three teams at seventh on 16 points, Warriors, Dolphins, and Roosters. So, despite the fact the Roosters have had, uh, you know, a few shocking games, they are still, you know, they're the ninth technically on for and against, but they are still in the hunt there for that top eight spot. Tenth is uh, the Seagulls and the Knights are equal on uh, on fifteen points, and then the Eels and the Titans are twelfth and thirteenth on fourteen points. Cowboys and Bulldogs. 14th and 15th on 12 points. Tigers, 16th on 10 points. And Dragons, 17th dead last on 8 points. Look, when you look at the ladder, there aren't really too many surprises in the top eight, except for really, um, I guess you could argue the Warriors and the Dolphins have been a bit surprising this year. I think no one really expected much from the Warriors and the Dolphins, really, we didn't really know what what, what to expect. Uh, you know, Wayne Bennett's, uh, you know, fourth team that he's been coaching, fifth, sorry, that he's been coaching in the NRL after, I think he coached 
at one point. The Raiders, uh, obviously the Broncos, then the Dragons, Rabbitohs. Uh, or am I missing someone? Have I missed the Knights? <laughs> was he at the Knights as well? Um, yeah, uh, Wayne Bennett. Yeah, he was. Right. Wayne Bennett, and then and then he's back at uh, and now he's at the Dolphins. So that's six teams. Um, no one really knew what to expect of the Dolphins, uh, and and in fact they're still at sixty one dollars on. Uh, or not at $61, sorry, to uh, win the premiership uh, uh, according to, to one of the betting agencies. So, look, they, they're still not really highly favoured uh, compared to some of the other teams, even some teams that are below them like the Roosters uh, and and the Eels. Uh, but, you know, there they are. They're sitting in the top eight due to their for and against uh, record being superior to the Roosters. And, and I guess that's the thing that we need to kind of look at. Is the 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 honeymoon over for the the Dolphins? Uh, <laughs> you know, we saw them we saw them getting flogged by the team that's that uh, that was there that has now jumped over them in on the ladder, the Warriors. Um, you know, the Dolphins. Who knows where they're going to go? I have to say, though, so far their report card would be pretty good, um, going pretty mm. well for a debut team. Uh, all things being considered, um, you know their their roster isn't really the greatest. They've got a good roster, but um, you know they've they've struggled in a few places as well. Um, but look, no surprises really uh, at the top of the ladder. I think apart from those ones, I think the Warriors are putting um, some good good games together, um, yep. and they'll be a surprise packet, just like the Raiders are. Already, I think the Warriors are going to surprise a few people. They're at fifty-one dollars to win the premiership, and you know they're really only uh, you know one win away from uh, you know one win, and they're in the top four pretty much. So, um, or, or they're close enough to the top four. So, really, it is uh, very tight at the top of the ladder. Um, bottom of the ladder. Look, I have to say the Eels have been the, the biggest. Disappointment, uh, but even saying that, they're only one win out of the eight, <laughs> so mm. not that far away. A lot of their games were lost by you know only a few points, a few missed uh, conversions by Mitchell Moses, a uh, you know a last minute kind of try, that kind of thing, or just inability to finish off the game. And you know you could easily see them close to, if not top of the ladder, uh, had things gone their way, and unfortunately they hadn't. So I'm expecting to see the Eels rise up the ladder and make a late run towards the end of the season. Uh, you know, really the only thing that could stop them is uh, some stupidity, off-field stupidity from the players, really. <laughs> that's the only thing that could stop them. <laughs> uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, that's not going to happen. Uh, but look, um, you know, the other the other kind of big uh, comment there is uh, the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys, we had really high expectations for them. They were... Really, they went deep into the finals last year. We had high expectations. And, you know, while they are one win away from the Eels anyway, it seems like they're miles apart in terms of the way they've been playing. They've been terrible, barring the uh, the very last round when they flogged the uh, Melbourne Storm unexpectedly. So I don't know what to make of the Cowboys, but I'm expecting to see both the Eels and the Cowboys rise up the ladder towards the end of the season. Uh, and who knows? Maybe the likes of the Storm, uh, maybe maybe the Dolphins are going to be pushed out of that top eight. Um, maybe even the Broncos and the Panthers. The Panthers now with clear injured. Who knows what they're going to do? They're probably going to struggle for a few weeks. So um, anything could happen in the arrow this season. It's been crazy. But Tish, 
Have you had a chance to think about what's uh, what's been happening? What, what's your take on the halfway point of the season? Yeah, well, look, uh, I've got to say, look, with the 17th team added, the odd number of teams, so everybody gets a buy, and I think every team gets three buys. Some teams have had zero buys. Other teams have had two buys. Some have had one. It just makes the ladder really confusing right now, doesn't it, right? You know, you don't know um, who's got what. So what I've gone for, the column that sort of, have for me, tells me the best story is the number of uh, losses you've conceded, <laughs> right? Um, and then if you notice the thing about the top eight is that um, you know, you've got six teams who have only lost either four or five games, and those are the Panthers, the Broncos, uh, the Rabbitohs, the Sharks, the you know, Melbourne Storm and Raiders. Now, out of those six teams, uh, I'm thinking about them, and they seem to be the, the 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 teams that have been doing well this season as well, right? Um, and the teams that are probably doing, uh, you know, sort of better one than what they did last year, except for probably the Storm. So, you know, the Storm, you know, um, that they, they did have a minus. Uh, differential as well between their for and against. So I don't know if they are going to hold their position on fifth and, you know, they might sneak into the top eight, but I, I'm kind of a little weary about how they're going. Uh, and then you have this uh, group of teams that are uh, only that, that, that have lost six, right? And that is the Warriors, the Dolphins, the Roosters, the Seagulls, the Knights, and then, so these are the teams that you'd think would play off for the final two spots in the top eight. Um, and out of those teams, um, I would say that, uh, yeah, look, it is surprising that the Warriors and the Dolphins are, are doing so, uh, as well as they are. Um, and I think the Dolph- the Warriors, I see them actually improving a little bit. I feel like they're as the season gets better, they seem to be doing well. Uh, the Dolphins, I think they're having a bit of a depth issue. So as they sort of carry more injuries, um, you know, uh, they don't seem to have uh, a strong enough roster uh, to try and maintain uh, the good start of the year. Particularly now you've got like, you know, the hammer on uh, playing for Origin and you may have a handful of players playing, um, you know, different representative levels uh, in the next sort of rounds and so forth. So, yeah, so I do see the Dolphins slipping um, probably to the point where I feel like they'll miss out. Um I don't think I think the Knights uh, as well. I don't see them as strong as some of the other teams. I think the Sea Eagles have potential, but 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 may not. And the, the Roosters have been very indifferent this year, so it's, it, it'd be surprising to see where that that are. And then you brought up your team, uh, Parramatta, and the interesting thing about Parramatta is that if you uh, if you just look at for and against the differential, I mean they're in the top eight, aren't they? They're like what probably the fourth or fifth best team, right? With a positive fifty-four, but they're sitting in twelfth, <laughs> right? So um, with with seven losses, right? So they really only need uh, you know maybe a win this weekend and having a couple of teams ahead of them lose, they could see themselves in the top eight by the end of this uh, week. Do you know what I mean? Just with a like you know just because that for and against just is. I mean, that for and against is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven positions better. Like the, the seven teams in front of them have a worse for and against than them, right? By a long way as well, right? So so that's where I feel like the, you know, Parramatta finishing in the eight and potentially even the top four 
is still very much a possibility. Um, and now at the start of the year, we kind of felt that the Panthers had, uh, that's it. It's over. Like they've lost too many players. They've, you know, they've had a very slow start to the season, but you know, they're getting, they're going from strength to strength a little bit. It's going to be interesting without Cleary over the next couple of, well, I don't know how long he's out for, but you know, they've put themselves back into like, how are we going to beat the Panthers territory a little bit? Right. Um, and I'm also liking what the Broncos are doing. So I'd say, I'd say for me, if I go for a prediction of who I think is going to make the grand final, I'm going to go. It's going to be a Broncos Panthers grand final. How about yourself, Doctor T? Um, yeah, look, I wasn't thinking grand final just yet. I think uh, <laughs> that's a long way away. Look, no, I look, I I think um, I don't think either the Panthers or the Broncos will make the grand final this year. I. I still think that we, we're going to see the Rabbitohs up there. Uh, the Sharks may be up there. I'm hoping the Eels will get up there. I don't see too many teams beating the likes of uh, of the Rabbitohs or the Sharks this year. I think the Panthers, uh, yes, they're, they're doing great, but I think they've just they've lost so much with Coruscant not there, Kikau. They've lost a few dimensions there. They've been brought back to the rest of the pack. Uh, having said that, the rest of the pack is struggling as well. I think, uh, yeah. you know, none of those teams that, that we just mentioned is on song just yet. Um, you know, the Broncos have had a good start to the season, but they've still got a long way to go. Um, the Warriors could come from the clouds. Um, that's mm. that, that's another thing that, uh, you know, their test is coming up uh, this week, I believe. Raiders will play the Warriors We'll talk about that later, but I think that's their true test. If they can overcome the classic. Raiders, that's, that's right. If they can overcome them, uh, they <laughs> will uh, they will leap over a few teams and uh, really, you know, cement their place in the top eight. Yeah. Uh, but it is still Origin season. It's the Origin silly season. Uh, stranger things have happened. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm, I still think the Eels have have a shot, given what happened last year. Um, they have a chance of uh, of getting up there again, and if they do, they probably won't be uh, facing an uh, almost invincible Panthers lineup. I think they'll be possibly facing the Rabbitohs, in which case, well, we've seen what they did with them a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> they, yeah. They've got the game plan to beat the Rabbitohs. Not too many teams do. So, um, yeah. look, yeah, that's well, well, my well, final well, word hold, on that. Hold, yeah. hold on there. I think I've got Chad GPT wanting to chime in. Oh, here, Doctor T. Uh, let me let me just get Chad. Chad, uh, Chad, what do you think of the what do you think of what's happening in the NRL right now, Chad? Cleary used to work on the docks. Tenny's been on strike. He's down on his luck. <laughs> it's tough, so tough. Seraldo <laughs> works the diner all day, working for the man. He brings home his pay for the dogs. <laughs> for the dogs. He says, we've got to hold on to what we've got. It doesn't make a difference if we make the top eight or not. We got each other, and that's a lot more than the Dragons. We'll give our new coach a shot. Whoa, we're halfway there. Oh, living on a prayer. Take my hand. We'll make it. I swear. Oh, living on a prayer. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! Well done, Chad. He really, he really channeled the Bon Jovi, uh, mm. <laughs> Bon Jovi there. 
Well done, Chad. That was brilliant. Uh, look, thank you very much for the last, Chad. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. But look, <laughs> that also means it's uh, it's time to move on to tackle number five. Here we go. All right, Tish. So apparently there is moves to expand not just into America but into the world's largest democracy, India. What's what's going on? Yeah, well, Dr. T, um, I, I just thought I'd bring this a little bit to light, um, okay, uh, about, you know, uh, India. Because when you think of India, you don't really think of, of um, you know, uh, rugby, rugby league, gridiron, you know, or even football, right? You just think of cricket. That's all you really think about. Cricket, maybe hockey. Some other local sports, Bollywood, Tollywood, RRR, which was you know at the cinemas, you know all that kind of, all that kind of dancing, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, but there's an actor out there, a Bollywood actor. I think he does actually quite a lot of cinema. His name's uh, Rahul Bose. Uh, he uh, at the moment uh, in a bit. Well, uh, you know, he kind of uh, was on Twitter uh, a few weeks ago and uh, you know posted a photo of two bananas after going to the gym and was outraged at how expensive those bananas were. Um, but uh, and got a little bit of controversy about that. So I started looking it up, reading it up. Then I actually found out that he's the India Rugby Nation uh, president. Uh, so he's actually heading up the game in India about rugby and uh, not rugby league, rugby union. But I'll but I'll, but I'll bring rugby uh, league into the picture in a moment. What he did say, which was kind of interesting, which which uh, uh, you know, in the interview that I heard was that, you know, uh, out of the 740 districts there are in India, 310 of them have some sort of rugby participation, whether it's mm. you know players come from there or there's a local competition and stuff. Most of these places are very tribal, uh, and usually in the more rural, poorer communities, right? Uh, but the main reason why they're, you know, it's kind of India's most played sport um, that's not televised because there's no television content, there's no real mainstream, um, you know, sort of appeal. And uh, one of the things he mentioned is that the, uh, you know, rugby in terms of a game that you try to explain to a new audience, it's a very hard game to explain, <laughs> right? Because there's seven <laughs> rules. We've seen it, you know. I've watched rugby all my life, and I do enjoy watching the sport. Uh, I did play the sport as well, um, but but even I get confused a lot of times with a lot of the decisions that get made. So then, you know, as he was talking about that, I actually started to think about this, like, like you know, rugby league as a sport does excel in the places where rugby union kind of uh, overlooks the, the the common man. Um, type of, uh, you know, type of appeal that rugby league has. Um, you know, if you think about the, the you know, where the game originated in the north of England, um, you know, if you think about Australia and the working class type uh, game, um, I think similar sort of things in New Zealand and all the countries that are popular. You think about this, you know, right now the Pacific Revolution, right? A lot of these um, kids, they grew up playing both rugby and rugby uh, league, but then rugby league offers more pathways and then the sport grows. And I just thought, okay, you know what? This could be a great market that uh, NRL clubs can look for rugby league talent 
Um, but also, this might be a great place uh, for perhaps uh, taking some sport out there. It is uh, one of the fastest growing economies in the world. Um, because of the new uh, influx of cash that's coming into rugby, they're actually building more rugby stadiums over there. Um, and these stadiums are going to be largely empty if there's no television contract, right? So, um, mm. you know, like a, a 25,000-seat indoor uh, arena, I think it is, you know, Disha, that's actually called the Rahul Bo Stadium. Um, you know, they're going to they're gonna look for a different uh, sporting events to try and fill up that uh, stadium. So I'm just thinking, you know, maybe this could be a chance for Rugby League to try and expand into India. Um, and probably the best way to get started is to have maybe some NRL scouts go out there, have a look at the existing rugby talent and try to bring them into the NRL. Uh, and then that will, you know, uh, hopefully get of publicity over there about rugby league. Uh, and then these players can go back as heroes and then we could bring an NRL game there um, into, into uh, you know, into these stadiums that they're building. Maybe something like that. And I thought that the other interesting thing about it is, you know, if you think about the Indian uh, diaspora in Australia, um, a lot of them live in Western Sydney, which is the heartland of, uh, of, of rugby league. Um, and me being obviously a, uh, you know, uh, with Indian heritage, uh, and I know a lot more other people with Indian heritage who are into rugby league, this might be an opportunity to expand the game into a country that has a very big population and also quite a, quite a lucrative market from a financial point of view. Uh, what are your thoughts on all of that there, Dr. T? Yeah, look, you're onto something. I think the, uh, the migrant sort of situation in Sydney is going to drive a lot of this. It's kind of like what it did with the Pacific Islanders, really. Mm. I mean, you know, the I think that's the thing that's forgotten is that a lot of the um, the percentage, uh, the large percentage and now majority of uh, Pacific Islanders, uh, Polynesians, etc., in the in the NRL that has happened, that change that's happened in the last, I guess, decade or, or two uh, in demographics, uh, you know, was partly born about, not not necessarily because the pathways have been set up in those countries. It's been partly driven by the migrants coming to Sydney and settling in different parts of Sydney, the groundswell of support, that kind of thing, and then players want to play for their, their parents' homeland. Um, similar kind of thing could happen here. Um, tap into the Sydney market. This is the, the you know, the centre of the world at the moment in rugby league or one of a few. And you'd be silly not to take advantage of that. But, yeah, it's a great idea um, and it's it's good that there's been some, uh, you know, yeah, some press and, and uh, it is certainly a good idea, I think, to make or to, to leverage what's been happening in the rugby union space and and take advantage yeah. of those connections because um, yeah. that's what they do. So why don't we do it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's another uh, – I actually forgot about this part of it as well, but I know that also in the north of England and I think in the town of Bradford there is um, – I think it's called the Asian Rugby League uh, Federation or something, which is, again, uh, Indian diaspora, Indian and Pakistani diaspora playing – games over there so there is actually a bit of pull of talent there that could form uh you know uh, another nation in rugby league down the track but i th but i think it's uh it's something that um 
is worth pursuing and and perhaps because we i mean uh the amount of uh american diaspora in western city versus indian diaspora i think indian <laughs> indians will dominate and uh let's just say that <laughs> out of the the economies that are growing and the economies that are a bit shaky <laughs> right uh, it might be a better play to sort of switch focus to um you know asia for for uh the NRL, well, for rugby league as a whole and and yeah this this could be a potential uh, opportunity so i thought i'd just bring that to everybody's attention mm. just to see that there is there is a world out there that uh could could be a great place for rugby league to get started wow thanks for doing that well done and let's go to tackle, tackle number 6 the tips for round 15 Uh, look, the last round, uh, I think I got four out of seven. You got five out of seven. That brings me to 58 and you to 71. Stretching your lead yet again. But hopefully this is the round where I catch up. Um, here we go. Gold Coast Titans versus West Tigers. Uh, the Thursday night game at Seabus Super Stadium. Uh, this is a tough one because the Tigers played really well against the Raiders. I'm tipping the Tigers on this one. Yeah, look, I am going to be with you on that one. I'm going to also tip the Tigers. Raiders v. Warriors, Friday at 6pm at GRS Stadium in Canberra. I think the Warriors are going to finally take that step. Okay, I'm going to tip the the Raiders at home. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, fair enough. (laughs) Uh, The main game Friday, Manly versus the Dolphins at Four Pines Park. Um, Look, I think uh, this could go either way, but I think Manly will win this one. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll go the opposite. I'll, I'll go for the Dolphins there. All right, Dragons v Rabbitohs, Netstrata Jubilee Stadium, Saturday three pm. I think the Rabbitohs, it's theirs to lose. Rabbitohs easily. Hmm. Okay. You know what? Let's go the Dragons. Let's see how they go in Net, uh, Jubilee. They haven't played there for a while. I don't think so. Um, yeah. <laughs> Very brave. Uh, Broncos v Knights, Saturday at 5.30 at Suncorp Stadium. I think the Broncos are going to win this one. Yeah, I'm going to tip the Broncos as well. Uh, should be, uh, yeah, could, could get very ugly. Roosters v Panthers. Uh, look, Cleary's out, but I think, I think the Panthers have enough firepower to win this one. Uh, so Panthers for mine. Hmm. Yeah, look, I think the Panthers as well, um, but it'd be interesting to see how they're going to click without Cleary. All right, Storm v Sharks. This is where the Sharks have to step up at Melbourne's home ground, Amy Park, Sunday, 4pm. I'm tipping the Sharks. Yeah, I'm going to tip the Storm. I don't think they get thrashed two weeks in a row that often, so so Storm for me. And finally, Monday game, because it is a long weekend. It's the King's birthday weekend. Mm. Bulldogs v Eels at a course stadium, Monday, 4 p.m. Um, Eels for mine. Yeah, look, I think the coronation of King Gutho uh, <laughs> will be on the King's holiday. I mean, wow. So so who better? And, um, you know, the, the Eels, the uh, the Monday game <laughs> Warriors, right? They, they play every Monday, right? So. 
<laughs> yeah. But yeah, the Eels for mine on that one. So it should be a great week. Absolutely. It's going to be a good long weekend. Those of you who are in Australia are going to enjoy King's birthday weekend uh, coming up. And uh, look, uh, yeah, have a good one, everyone. <laughs> enjoy the rugby league. And uh, Tish, over to you to wrap this one up. Well, thank you, Dr. T. Let's thank everybody for listening. But that's all the time that we have for this edition of the Rugby League Republic. Bye for now.